Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. So we've got, we've talked a lot of concept here, but I would love to know like step-by-step, like if you're going to launch a new product, kind of what, you know, what are maybe some three to five simple steps that maybe people should go down uh, on that, on that path to hopefully, you know, get a, a, a successful product launch and on the branding uh, standpoint. Yes. Yeah, so assuming that the product launch is a, is a brand new brand launch, they don't have any other products. We're not doing a sub brand or anything like that. Um, the first thing you want to do is you want to create your identity and your structure. So that is creating your framework. Um, there is nothing more important than that. Now, when you're first starting out, don't try and get too detailed. So keep it simple. You're going to have a general idea of who, you know, and, and your framework's going to define for you who you are, what you do, who you do it for, um, why it matters to you. Those are your frameworks. So they're all going to be educated guesses the first time around, right? It's, you do the best you can with what you've got because it's all in theory. It's all a hypothesis. You got to throw it out there. Um, The second thing you want to work on, but you want to have a a framework for that. The second thing you want to work on is going to be your experience mapping. So map out some of your relations. So some of your customer interactions and some of your customer journeys. So where, so look at some of the places that your, that your campaigns are going out. So let's just say they go to your Amazon listing. What do they do? Do they have, are your FAQs robust enough? Are your photos giving them a 360 view? Do they see if, do you have a sizing chart? Do you have, you know, like, what are you doing from an experience mapping standpoint that's going to give them what they need? Mapping it out point by point. So whether you are on a digital experience or you are in an in-person experience, we map it out. I open the doors. What do I smell? What do I see? Do I get greeted? How much space is between me and the first rack? Do I feel like this or do I have room to breathe, right? Um, Everything is laid out. So even if you think about a retail store, right? Um, When you walk in, what's right in front of you? Like a ton of stuff that you can't get through. It's all racks. Why? Because they are pushing you to the outer edges because they don't want you to go straight to the counter to pay your credit card or to return something. They want you to walk all the way around the store, find something else that you like before you get to that cashier desk. So you've got a purchase in hand before you leave. And that's all done intuitively. Like there's no yellow arrows that are like, you must go this way, but they set up the experience in such a way that you're just kind of, you follow you follow their intention and you create that. And you do that in a digital experience too, with your listing, with your website. Um, and so the second part of that is defining, and again, keep it simple. You don't have to define every single experience. Pick the top two or three that are going to get you the most traction, you know, before purchase and immediately after purchase. How do you nurture that, that sale? You know, and then the third part is the culture. And that is getting engagement, engagement with the brand, your marketing campaigns, how you're going, you know, to message yourself and position yourself. And so if you can, if you can tap into those three areas in that first year in a very, you know, simplistic, keep it simple, less is more, the less you do, the more you can measure, the more time you have to measure and track what your, what your data is so that you can optimize it for the next year. Um, I would, those, those would be my, my first three places to go. Yeah, that's great advice. And I absolutely hate the, uh, I, I call them the upsell corral, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that you, that you have to go through to get to the checkout. And especially if you have kids, you're just like, you want to wring people's necks. Cause they're just like, can I get the gum? Can I get that? You're like, no, just we're leaving. 
Yes. And, and what's super cool about that is so like when you're doing that, you can measure. So, so for instance, like say you're on a, say, say you're doing it like a trip, like a phone wire, right? Like you're doing that trip wire where you go in and, oh, you get this like super awesome book for 97 cents plus shipping. Right. And so you click on it. You're like, yeah, I'm getting this book. And then you get that upsell. Hey, did you want to take the workshop or the, the video workshop for an extra hundred bucks? And you're like, okay, maybe the first one, either you take it or you don't, but you're not annoyed. It's expected. But seven upsells later, you're like, oh, my God, forget it. I'm just Xing out of this. And so that's what this first year is, is, is a testing. Like, where does your customer fall? Where are their boundaries? At what point is it, oh, that's really helpful. This is a great accessory for what I bought. And where does it turn into, oh, my God, leave me alone. You've already got, like, I just want to get out of here. I've been, yeah. trying to, I've been trying to pay you and give you my money for 10 minutes now, and you won't let me do it until I agree to give you all of it. And so yeah. there's kind of like figuring that that sequencing out and, and measuring it. That was the genius though of, of Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels, right? Yeah. Is he charges you on each step. Yeah. So step one, yeah. you get charged. Like people don't realize this. You put your credit card info, you get charged. Then the upsell, they've already got your credit card info. So they go, oh yeah, that's cool. Boom. You're already charged. Like each and one then of the those VIP steps. Concierge right, right. Yeah, like it just it's, it's genius. It, it's, yeah. I mean, that's why ClickFunnels, so many people, you know, started using it. I mean, it's not as, you know, great of a concept now that everybody's kind of copied it and iterated on it, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's crazy how, how they, they mastered that, that, you know, step-by-step -step upsell, which was very simple, but one of those things that nobody really thought of before that. So a reinvention uh, of the football phone. <laughs> yeah. It, right. Yeah. I love yeah. his book. You know, how he talks about selling, I think it was like a potato gun or something that he like his first product. And, and that's kind of how they got the idea for click funnels. If you haven't read his books, they're, they're on a marketing standpoint, I would say, uh, untouchable. Yeah, so, point. yeah. So one of the things I, I really, um, this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people, I see people make on a branding standpoint is naming the, it's more, one of the most basic things is naming your company or your products. Right. Whoa. I mean, <clears throat> you'll get people, number one, they'll either get too specific. Um, you know, they'll, they'll say like, you know, organic dog biscuits or something, being a pet brand but then like all of a sudden people buying the dog biscuits are like hey i would love if you have dog you know uh uh little treats that like freshen their breath or like all these kind of offshoots and you've kind of already started by painting yourself into this box yeah. you know my, my I, tell me if i'm on the on the right track here because for me when i go to brands one of the one of the most important things i look for is short right is it short is it like one word or a couple of words you know as short as possible you know, can I get the domain is another one that people don't think of. <laughs> yeah. and, and then also it's like, is it too specific? You know, like Nike, Nike can sell anything because there's, it's not like, you know, it's not, if they, <laughs> right, it's not, it's not if they call themselves like, like yeah. Northern Washington, Oregon sports accessory <laughs> network or what do you know? It's like, then people yeah. are like, well, wait a minute. What, what, you know, what does this company do? It's just like, super easy to remember, super simple and a lot of room to grow and, and, and pivot because as a new brand, you want the ability to be nimble. At least that that's what, how I think, am I on the right track there or what can you, you know, how should people navigate that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we do when we're working, especially when we're working with new brands and startup brands, right? Because most of the people who are, who are entrepreneurs these days, um, are creative in a way that we have not seen in decades past, right? These are true creators, these are true makers. And so we know that that one item that they've invented is not the end, right? There's going to be more. And so they may not know what it is yet. We may not know what it is yet, 
But what we always do in the beginning is we have um, a visioning strategy session. So we say, okay, let's look at and explore the brand scope. So you're not committing, you're not signing anything in blood. Like we're just exploring your brand scope. Where could this go? And if it were to go here, you know, just kind of mapping mapping out what the scenarios would be so that we know, okay, um, what we need to consider when we think of a brand. Then it's just like you said, you want, you, you, you do your domain search, of course, you want to do a USTP uh, search too, just to make sure general trademark search, you can do it for free, um, just to kind of uh, eliminate maybe some ideas that you have that are already taken um, before you finalize on that with your with your designer you're going to want to make sure your attorney has a look at it and clears it but um but generally just a precursory look you can do a free search for yourself relatively quickly um but yeah the things that you want to think about are do i have plans to expand or will i always just sell cat collars you know am i committing to this if i say cat collars that's it um I'm, <laughs> that's, that's what i do um and then something that is phonetically easy so there are weird words out there like um, Yahoo or Google or Nike that like maybe they sound natural and normal to us now, but back when when they were first coming up, not so like, what the heck, you know? And so, but they were all phonetically easy. So when you look at brand consistency, one of the things that can harm you is if everybody's pronouncing it a different way, you don't really know you're talking about the same thing, um, or people will hesitate to pronounce it because they're afraid of mispronouncing it. And so they're not speaking or talking about it or bringing it up. So we want to make sure that phonetically, um, even if, if it's a weird, a, a word that doesn't, isn't commonly known, phonetically, we would all, gener we would know how to say it. it, it it's, you feel comfortable sounding it out, right? Um, you also want to look at, um, different things like, you know, obviously the length of it, where you would want to put it. So, you know, whenever we're testing out, whenever we're testing out names and logos, we do a lot of mock-ups and we do a lot of like live mock-ups and stagnant mock-ups. So like, what would it look like on, if you, if you have a clothing line and it's a 12 to 15 letter, you know, brand name, and you're trying to squeeze it on a, on a clothing tag, like that ain't going to work. So just kind of, so we do a lot of mock-ups if, you know, if I'll, you know, we'll, we'll try out a sign and a logo and like, what does it look like if we're going 60 miles an hour? Like, what does that look like before we commit to something? If we know that this is, you know, where are we going to put it in the real world? And does it make sense? Does it look good? Does it, you know, it, what's readability on it? Um, all of those kinds of things. Um, and then of course, you know, um, you, you want to have your attorney make sure that you're good to go before you pay a fortune in design, right? Um, and then, um, and that's a good start. Now, later, as your brand grows, you'll you'll come to a point, some brands where they'll they'll stretch out, you know, they'll they'll get to their limits. And that's when you start having the conversation of your brand model. And so that is how do we organizationally structure this? Is this a new line or is this an or is this a sub brand? Or how are we going to organize this so that it makes sense? Because the worst thing we can do is overcomplicate it for our customers. If it's you know, you've got a few seconds for them to get it. Otherwise they're moving on. And so um, really understanding from a forward facing standpoint, how do we organize our products together? How do we organize our lines? How do we organize our offers in a way that they get it and they get it quick? There's no confusion. There's not a lot of, well, what's the difference between this and this? You know, there's very clear distinctions.
That's yeah, something well, I wish I would have known too, like earlier, because I've, I picked my, and I think Andy's talked about this too. Like, you know, we both like picked bad brain names in the beginning. Mine could be spelled so many different ways. And so I always have to spell it whenever, <laughs> whenever yeah. I give people my brand name, I always yeah. have to spell it because they're not, it's a word that I made up. Right. So it is just like, oh man. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or sometimes what we see is a lot of times people wanted a name and they wanted it real bad, but it was taken. And so then they intentionally replaced consonants that had double sounds so that it worked. But then, so like technically it was open, but then like, my response is always, well, there's a reason it's open. That makes like, you can't, like it's really hard to read and, and you might not. Be and now to everybody's going to the competitor's website because yeah. they're spelling it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it can kind of backfire on you. So be, be, uh, be flexible with your names. Don't, um, be flexible. There's yeah. There's and there. yeah. And, and then the other thing to, to think about is, you know, a couple hundred bucks for a domain name in the grand scheme of things is not that big a deal. If somebody already owns the domain, but it's for sale and it's a little, you know, a little extra money, it might, you know, might be worth it. The other thing you have to check too, which a lot of people miss this step is your local, uh, uh, a business registry, right? Because then you might register a name, a trademark nationally might be fine. You might have the domain, but then locally there might be somebody who's using something similar, um, you know, that could get you in trouble. I just started watching um, uh, Silicon Valley and like the, I think it's like the second or third episode, like the, the, the app name or the company name is like Pied Piper or something like that. And everybody in the show hates it. They make fun of it. Uh, one of the episodes, he like goes to this farmer who owns the name and like tries to buy it from him. Then he finds out that, you know, he's, he thinks he's this like rich Silicon Valley billionaire. So then he says, screw you. You tried to pull one over on me. Anyway, it was very relevant to this conversation, um, in terms of branding. So, uh, anyway, that just top of mind. I just saw it. Um, one of the other things that we love to discuss on the show is, you know, we do a lot of e-commerce and Amazon, but, you know, yeah. because Amy and I have grown businesses and you're growing your business, I love to hear that journey because there's so many mistakes that we've made or, and you've probably made that we can share with yeah. others to skip, to, to skip over that, uh, those mistakes, or at least have a little better understanding on, on how to navigate them. So as your business grows, kind of what are, you know, what tips or what things are you learning um, as you scale your business that you could maybe share with others? Um, it's, this is probably something that everybody says, but I think that it's so important. You can't hear it enough is understanding your value as a CEO. A lot of times, like small business owners, it's like a badge of honor to DIY everything. And it is actually the worst idea. And I speak from, you know, because I've done it and, you know, there's no judgment there. It's all experience speaking um, that there are a lot of things that will cost you more to do it yourself than it would just to pay someone else to do it, i.e. trademark attorney i.e. bookkeeper and CPA, uh, business attorney, there are some things you just don't want to be responsible for if it goes south, right? You just want to know that you pay somebody who has the license, who has, you know, the credentials to do it, um, that will assume liability for a mistake that, especially starting out when everything's so new to you. Could you figure out bookkeeping? Sure. 
Could you figure it out in the next three days that you'll need to have it figured out so that you can properly invoice and pay your sales tax and know if you need to charge sales tax because they bought it in another country or another state and how does that work? Um, yeah, probably not. And, and those are the things that in fines and time and audits and, you know, anything that you do, um, you know, even a trademark attorney, well, we've been using it. The domain was clear. I was like, well, yeah, but the, the trademark wasn't. And what now you invested in a logo or, you know, or you've got a cease and desist or they're coming after you for damages, you know, is so much worse than like, the $500 attorney meeting where they just ran it, you know, like the couple thousand, it, you know, it, it ends up. Um, so I guess for me, that's, that is the, um, the big lesson. And, you know, it's written on post-its everywhere. Like, don't cheap out. Like, just don't cheap out <laughs> when, you know, if, if, if there's somebody like, there's a reason that these people get paid so much to do it. And it's because it's important and they need to be doing those things. Um, and, and even little things that you don't think about, you know, so um, social media is one of them. I don't, you know, because technically Canva is so easy to work, but mine never looked as good as the social media managers. I and it know. Probably, yeah. And it takes <laughs> like three hours to do what they can do in 15 media. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> what? And so when you think about that, like, what's your time worth? So, you know, whatever your hourly, whatever you pay yourself an hour times three hours versus, the, you know. $15, you're paying someone else to do it times the 15 minutes that it took them to do it. There's and not only deal. that, it's also <laughs> probably keeping you from scaling faster. So yeah. sometimes we don't want to reach deeper into our pockets. We totally. want to really, and there's nothing wrong with bootstrapping, right? Yeah. But sometimes we don't want to reach deeper into our pockets. We want to stay super lean, but that actually keeps us from growing faster. Where if we had invested in hiring that social media person, and spent a little bit more money, but then put that out. I, I do that a lot with, um, yeah. with private label on coaching calls. We'll look at, they won't want to spend money on inventory, but they keep running out of stock and it's actually costing them more than yeah. if they put that money down on that inventory, you know, and, and we'll project it out. And it's just like, okay, guys, you know, sometimes it's good to stay lean, but other times it's like, it's actually costing you what, your scalability. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Of, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. One of the things that we always do, it's a rule now in the office. Anytime we have a big spend question come up, we sit down all together and we make a list. And we, the questions that we ask ourselves are two, is this an expense or is this an investment? Is there an ROI on this? And then the second question we ask is, um, as far as like, you know, like, should we do it or, or should we not do it is, What's the cost of action versus the cost of inaction? Because sometimes like we see the cost, like we know, oh, you know, to do these, this SEO spend, we're going to be spending, you know, three grand and we see that number and it hurts. But then we never really look at the other side of that, which is, well, what's the cost of inaction? How much am I losing in sales because I'm not putting myself out there in marketing? And so like, sometimes it's just that kind of more balanced perspective instead of that fear-based, like letting go of money. Um, mentality that, you know, as a small business owner who's bootstrapping, you, you know, it, it's that kind of a human reaction that you yeah. sometimes just kind of have to shake yourself out of or get help shaking yourself out of if 
I love that you're bringing your team into it too. And you're helping them understand that, Hey, these are our resources and we need to use them wisely. Let's make this decision together based on that criteria. That's awesome. So the other question that we'd love to ask is what are you reading or listening to that is keeping you motivated? Did you read a book recently that you're just like, yes, this really stuck with me or any podcasts that you're listening to? Um, What is it right now that's motivating you? Yeah. Okay. So I love to read. So I'm going to give you two books. Um, two of them I've read before that I like to reread them because it's just kind of, you know, I feel like you always get new stuff. One of them is Traction um, by Gino. I like his last name. Gino Wicket. Wicket. Yeah, Wicket. Mm-hmm. Yes, Wicket. Yeah. Um, I love that book. I can read that book all the time. I think there's always nuggets um, in there. And, it, and it's crazy because every time I, well, right now I'm audibling it, but, you know, every time you read it, um, you find like you think you implement it and then you just find ways to better implement it or ways that you weren't executing it in, in just quite the right way. So that's a great book. Any small business owner needs to read that one. Um, another one that we just finished reading as a team. So we do, we have like a team uh, book club. And so uh, <laughs> the other one that we're reading as a team is uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It's a great negotiating book. Yes, um, that is a great book. That Never one, Split the distance, Difference yeah. by Chris Voss, yep. It was great. And it's such an easy read too. Um, and you know, he has these like great hostage negotiator, um, <laughs> examples to give you. So you're just like riveted <laughs> at the edge of your seat the whole time. So you're getting good business negotiating tactics. Um, and you should negotiate everything in business. So that's, uh, yeah. you know, no matter what it is. So that's, it's a really good, t- uh, a really good, um, skill to have in business. So it looks like you're looking for another one. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's it's the it's the story of Ford. So it talks about um, it's it's the story of how Ford did their uh, rebounded after 2008. So they talk about um, Moali, the guy, even the guy who got Boeing back after 9/11 and helped them, you know, save their skin. So this is the same guy comes in and does the same thing for Ford um, back in 2008, and um, that's the one I'm reading now. But I can't remember. For the life of me, it's the Ford book. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we'll be able to see if I can grab the name of it. But yeah, those are those are the three that I that we just did. Um, Amazing! I love those are two. The two first two that you named were really just great things. And I'm gonna go back and finish traction because I got it started. Now I'm gonna go finish it. So we've come to the last question and most important question of the entire show, and that's. All of the people who have been riveted <laughs> and want to reach out to you. I know Marsha was asking like, hey, do you do packaging? What do you do? You know, um, so all of the people that want to reach out to you for help with their branding, um, how do they get in contact with you? What's the best way to reach you? Yeah, so I'll, I can stick it in the chat if that's helpful, but you can go to brandauthor.com, which is our website, and you can just book a discovery call. We do uh, free consultations for people just you know, to see what your, what your needs might be, what your scope might be, maybe give you a few pointers. Um, you can also email me at zara.cruzan at brandauthor.com. I'm happy to answer questions or, or um, you know, point you in the right direction um, for somebody that we might know that might be a really good match. Um, and then of course there's Instagram. Um, you can always DM me there if, if that, if email's too old school. Um, well, I will put everything in the chat for everyone. And we'll also have that in the show notes. And um, yeah, just thank you so much, Sarah, for being on today and 
you know, branding is such an impactful thing for us to understand. And, um, and I love the way that you uh, make it simple <laughs> or simpler. It's not simple, but simpler. It, it, it is. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's, it's pretty simple once you get it down. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much for being here. And as usual, folks, thank you for joining us live. All of you who are in here in the Zoom meeting, you're going to get to ask questions after the fact uh, if you stick around. Uh, For those of you who haven't joined us, every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific time, sellaroundtable.com forward slash live. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, I think I might, uh, you know, I might have to do some kind of contest where, you know, maybe I'll shave my head or my beard or something like that. If we get like an X number of reviews in a certain month or something, I don't know. What do you think, Amy? We're going to have to brainstorm on that. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, make sure you do that. I think we let the, we let the listeners pick the, you know, we'll do a poll. (laughs) Amy has to get a tattoo or something. (laughs) I don't know. That has to get the approval from the wife too. You know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to upset, uh, upset the, uh, the villagers here. That, that would not be a good thing for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, everyone. So. Thanks for joining us live on the seller round table. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye, Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 PM Pacific standard time for live Q and a and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.